God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon. Moms, how are you doing? It's getting close to May, and I didn't realize this in my early years of mothering, but May can be just as busy as December. So hold on to your hat. You're going to make it through. You're doing a good job. We have had some episodes talking about mentoring. It was a little mini-series that I put together with some of my sons and their mentors talking about what that relationship looked like. Last week, I had my son Isaac on, and he was just talking about accepting fatherlessness by God's grace. You'll definitely want to go back and listen to some of those episodes. And coming up, I'm really excited about having some of my mentors on to talk about motherhood. There are three women that really had a great impact on my life when I was raising my children. They're not single moms, and I thought it would be good for you to be able to hear their hearts and their older women. So it's a Titus II relationship where they are grandmothers now, and they can come back and help younger moms with just some insights from their own mothering journey. And that's coming up. And I wanted to slip in today's episode talking about prayer. The National Day of Prayer is coming up on May 4th. And so instead of playing this episode the day before that, I wanted to give you a week to start thinking about prayer and just talking about something that is really amazing that our country has on the calendar. And that's a National Day of Prayer. You may not know this. I didn't until I did a little research, but President Harry S. Truman was the first to proclaim a National Day of Prayer. It was first observed on the 4th of July, and then they moved it to the first Thursday in May. And believe it or not, it's designated by the United States Congress as a day when people are asked to turn to God in prayer and meditation, and the president is required by law to sign a proclamation every year encouraging all Americans to pray on this day. I didn't know that. I just knew there was a national day of prayer, but it's pretty amazing that in this day and time, and we pray it continues, that there is a day set aside for our country to pray. We need more than one day of prayer every year for our country, but we'll take it. Second Chronicles 7.14, the New King James Version says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So moms, put it on your calendar. A week from Thursday, May 4th, it's the National Day of Prayer. I would encourage you to tell your children about this day. As leaders now of your homes, 
This is one of the most important things that you can teach your children. What is prayer? The simplest definition is it is just talking with God. Talking with God, who is the maker of heaven and earth, the ruler over all, the one that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because of the blood he shed on the cross, we have access to the Father and the blessing of communication with him. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When you pray, stop and think about that. I do often. That God has allowed me access to talk to Him. And when I just stop and think about who He is, I am so humbled by this great gift. Just think about, if you had permission to talk to anybody, who would it be? Maybe you'd want to talk to the president. Maybe you have a hero that you would just love a few minutes of their time. I know we're just now all thinking over the life of a great legend, a great man of God, Dr. Charles Stanley. And some of us would have loved a few minutes of his time. And yet, above all those men and women— Almighty God invites us to spend time talking to Him. He wants us to meet with Him. He says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So I just wanted to take a few minutes today to talk about the subject of prayer. What is your experience with prayer? I started asking this question of different friends when I was with different people, I would just ask them, what is your experience with prayer? And the answers were varied. Some said it was modeled in their home. Some, they experienced it in church. And others, prayer became part of their life when they were going through a time of great crisis or desperation. What is your experience with prayer? What is your first memory of prayer? I remember going into the bedroom of my great-grandmother. She was very sick and very elderly, but very godly. I didn't know her real well. She was my great-grandmother. And it was in the evening, and she was getting ready to go to sleep, and she asked me to pray with her this simple prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I think she prayed that one time when I was in the room with her. And I can still remember it. And I just remember the message of that simple prayer. Prayer is all throughout the Bible. Oh, we could do many episodes on prayer. But just look at the examples of prayer in the Bible. Jesus himself prayed often. Luke 5, 16 says, But Jesus 
himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. He modeled this before the disciples. He made this a priority. He needed to pray. That in itself is hard to comprehend. God in the flesh, Jesus prayed often. If Jesus needed to pray, we need to pray. And the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. This is found in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, and then it was followed by the Lord's Prayer. And then Matthew gives a few more guidelines when he repeats the Lord's Prayer. I love this. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13 say, When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. And then He went on and told them to pray in this way. And the King James Version is probably the most familiar and most likely memorized by many. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I know you've prayed that prayer most likely once or twice, or maybe it's a common prayer for you. And it definitely is familiar. I love it, though, when we're told to go into our room, close the door, and pray. And our Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward us. I also love it where it says, Our Father knows what we need even before we ask Him. And I didn't jot this reference down, but He's a good Father, and He wants to bless us. He wants to give us what we ask for. And there's, again, so much we could say about prayer. Jesus had different prayers in the Bible. I love that He prayed for Peter in Luke 22, verses 13. 31 and 32, it says, Simon, which is Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus was praying for Peter. He knew that Satan was tempting him. He also knew that he was going to fall into temptation. And he says, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. I don't know about you, but that is encouraging to me. 
And one of my favorite prayers is the high priestly prayer found in John 17. This is what he prays just before going to the cross. And it starts out this way, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Oh, it's such a powerful prayer. And we can learn from that prayer. Lord, let me do the work you've called me to do. Right now, ladies, it's raising children without a dad. It's being what you never dreamed most likely that you would be doing. You would not even ever have wanted the title single mom for the majority of you. And here you are entrusted with a really important responsibility. But Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for me. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is at the right hand of the throne of God right now, praying for you, praying for your children, and praying for me. That is is encouraging. That's what he's doing. Teach this powerful, exciting truth to your children and teach your children how to pray. Pray with your children. Model prayer. You know, I say often that the widows in the Bible are my mentors, and I've mentioned this one lady many times, Anna. She was a young widow, and Luke tells us Luke 2.37, she never left the temple. She served night and day with fastings and prayers. She gave her life to prayer. And what about this? Maybe you didn't realize that Mary, the mother of Jesus, after he died on the cross, she went into the room with the disciples and prayed. We find this in Acts chapter 1, Verse 9 and 12 through 14, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, and then it lists the names of the disciples. Verse 14, it says, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. What a beautiful picture. They were in that upper room, if you remember, having Passover when Jesus let them know that he was the lamb that would be slain, the one that they had looked forward to. They had looked towards the cross all those years when they were having Passover celebrations, and they were making that pilgrimage for the Feast of Passover. So they were in that upper room. And now, after he accomplished what he came to do, he died on the cross. He shed his blood as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The disciples and his very own mom are now back in that upper room praying, 
devoting themselves to prayer. Death intersects our lives. Unexpectedly, unwanted, it's inconvenient, it interrupts everything. Mary understood that this was her son. And we know that Jesus called himself a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. But I want to encourage you, don't let grief separate you from talking to God. Mary, right after her son died on the cross, she's in that upper room pushing forward, pushing through the pain and devoting herself to prayer. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in that prayer room with them? And that's what you can do, you and your children. You can push through this pain. You can give your pain to the Lord. You can ask Him to help you as you're raising your children without their dad, as you're grieving that loss, or you're working through the pain. Maybe there's so many things, a variety of circumstances for our listeners here, but devote yourselves to prayer. And the parable of the persistent widow is also a great encouragement to me. It says that Jesus told this parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. And at the end of this parable, he says, Will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? He said this was an unrighteous judge. And because she was persistent and she kept coming and coming, the judge just gave her what she was asking for. How much more does our Father, who longs to give us the desires of our hearts, who longs to answer our prayer, He's waiting for us to come and to share our requests, and He wants to answer our prayers. And so... Be like that persistent widow. Keep coming to the Father with your prayers. And I love that prayer is mentioned in the book of Revelation. These are actually a couple of my favorite verses. Revelation 5.8 says, When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. He mentions this again in Revelation 8, verses 3 and 4. Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense ascended from the angel's hand with the prayers of the saints before God. A bowl full of our prayers is in heaven, and it's described as incense to God. Oh, my goodness, there's so much on this, but what a beautiful picture. A few summers ago, we had a family fun camp, another grandmother and I. We share grandchildren, and we taught our grandchildren all about heaven, And I actually got a golden bowl, and I had put slips of paper of prayers in that bowl, and 
they could add to it. They had been giving us prayers. And then when we would pull out the prayer, they were so amazed that maybe their cousin's name was listed in that bowl, or maybe a prayer request that they had prayed was in that bowl. And they got so excited. I just wanted them to see that these aren't just empty words that fly out of our mouths and fly out somewhere out into space. Our prayers are being saved in a bowl, and God says they are like incense to Him. It's a beautiful picture. Who taught you how to pray? If you pray, and maybe you've thought back on your experience with prayer, now think back to who taught you how to pray. Was it a grandmother? Was it your mom? Was it a friend? Or maybe you're still learning. If you're like me, that's my answer. I am still learning how to pray. But this is my journey of prayer. I don't remember prayer happening in my own home. I only remember I was in middle school probably, and two high school girls were in a crisis of health. One, her appendix ruptured, and she was in desperate need of healing. And another was in a car accident, and they weren't sure she was going to make it. And my mom pulled me aside from what I was doing. She brought me into the living room, and she said, we have to get down on our knees and pray for these girls. That's really the only time I remember praying. I'm sure there was maybe other times, but those aren't in my memory bank. I went off to college, and my roommates would stop before the meal, and they would say a blessing. I had never seen that done. I know, it's crazy, but I had, hadn't experienced that. And I thought it was so neat. And so I went home that Thanksgiving, my freshman year, and I told my parents, my roommates prayed this blessing. They just pray for the food before they stop and eat. Do you think we could start doing that? And they agreed, yes, let's do that. And so that really kind of altered it. It started this new type of prayer in my family to the point where I remember, I've mentioned this before, but I would go home as a grown woman, a mother of my own children. And if I were with my parents, even in the morning at breakfast, they would stop and have a blessing. And then my dad would pray by name for his children and his grandchildren. And that really made an impact on my own life. I can look back and I can remember specific prayers that charted the course of my life. I say I remember. I don't remember the first, actually. That was the prayer for salvation. This is when I was around eight years old. I believe that's when the Lord chose me to be His child. And so I don't remember a specific prayer that I prayed. But I do remember feeling a pull towards the Lord and wanting to invite the Lord into my heart. And I believe He came in when I was little. A second prayer that I am thankful I remember, not only the prayer, but the posture of prayer, and that's a prayer of surrender. I had heard a message where Jesus cried out, not my will, but thine, as he was going to the cross. And I, after hearing that message, I got down on my knees. I had just graduated from college. I was at a um, pivotal point in my life, more pivotal than I even realized, and I surrendered my life 
Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. And then in my marriage, we were in a crisis, really. As I've shared in past episodes, we were in bondage. And so uh, my husband was dealing with some demonic struggles. And it was at that point the Lord brought in some prayer warriors who really knew how to pray deliverance prayers and really fight in these spiritual battles. And God used these people in my life, even after my husband was gone, to pray warfare over my children. And I really believe that my children are where they are today because of these prayer warriors that I am forever thankful for. So now prayer took on an even, I don't want to say greater, a different role in my life now that I'm a widow, a mom raising eight children without a dad. I was desperate for prayer. And it's at those times, ladies, that maybe you can't pray. Maybe you really do need a team of people who will lift you up in prayer. And I remember uh, it was a two years it was two years after my husband had died. I was at a new church, and I was involved in a women's Sunday school class, and they heard my story, and they just offered to come and do a prayer walk around my home. I'd never heard of such a thing, but I'll take it. And I don't know how many women came. It feels like they were maybe 20, 25. They surrounded my home, which is a beautiful picture because— um, when the police officer came to tell me the news that my husband had died, he went first to my neighbors because he couldn't find my house. And then when he realized we were a large family, he was, it was his first day on the job. Can you imagine? And so he was scared, so he needed support. So he got my neighbors. So here, when I heard the news, I had neighbors standing around the boundaries of my home. And now, two years later, I have prayer warriors, women of God, who are now encircling my home, doing a prayer walk. If you have never experienced anything like that, there's just nothing greater. These women who, first of all, gave their time to come and pray around my home, to pray for my children. I remember one woman was in the bathroom. I'm like, they're everywhere. They're like praying outside, inside. They're in my bathroom. It was overwhelming in a good way. And it was just powerful. And so I would encourage you definitely to enlist prayer warriors. Ask people to pray for you. Give them your prayer requests and include people to carry you in that way. We know that Moses had Aaron and her holding his arms up when he was fighting that battle. Ladies, you need women who are going to hold your hands up high and are going to hold you and your children up before the Lord. There are so many books on prayer, hundreds. And when I stop to think, what are the books that have impacted me the most on this subject? I remember reading Probably, I think it was in high school, might have been my early years of college, a book entitled What Happens When Women Pray by Evelyn Christensen. I think I've already linked this in another episode. Um, it was just an impactful book for me on prayer. 
Another book that I read as a widow mom, it's the book called Fervent, A Woman's Battle Plan to Serious, Specific, and Strategic Prayer. This is by Priscilla Shiver. We all love Priscilla. It's just a really good practical book. If you struggle with fear, here's a battle plan of how you can pray against fear. Another book that I know many of you are probably familiar with all the books by Stormy Ameriton. Ameriton? I don't know how to say her last name, but The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children. She has the power of praying for all kinds of different types of people, but um, now that my children are adults, I haven't stopped praying. In fact, you've heard me say on other episodes that I pray more now than I ever did before. Adult children have bigger problems or bigger things, so there's so much more to pray for, or maybe it's just my awareness of prayer has grown to a different level, but the power of praying for your adult children is just simple prayers that have been a helpful guide to me. And then Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Vrogop. This book taught me so much about lament. I didn't even know what lament was, but it is a treasure of a book. And if you are in a dark season, I would strongly encourage you to get this book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I'll link that one to the show notes as well. So why pray? What is the reason for prayer? Well, one of the first reasons is to confess our sin. We know 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we know that many times sin would limit prayers from being heard. James 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Second reason to pray is for peace. Be anxious for nothing, for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A third reason, 1 Timothy 5, I didn't write down the verse, but it says, Let the widow indeed put her trust in God and continue in prayer and entreaties or requests day and night. We are told to put our trust in God and to pray. The fourth reason is that we are at war. We are in a spiritual battle, and we must pray for ourselves and for others. And I'm just going to read Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, 
taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And this is the best part. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And then Paul says, and pray on my behalf, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. If you haven't had a chance to watch the movie War Room, I would encourage you to do so. And this is one you can watch with your children. It is so powerful to watch the story of the impact and the power that prayer has in our lives. Ladies, you may be at a place of desperation, and maybe you're not so sure you want to talk to God. He wants to hear from you. He welcomes you. He is praying for you. And so the fifth reason to pray is that it's God's will. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I heard it said early on, Never say amen. That simple word of encouragement has been a good reminder for me throughout the years. There are so many tools that we can use for prayer. Perspective Ministries has a couple. You can find them in our store, and I'll put a link to these in the show notes. We have a simple 31 days of prayer. It's a guide on how to pray for the fatherless. Moms, you might want to get this. We can get this for you if you want it. Um, Just... A simple one-sentence prayer every day of how you can pray for your children. And then we have a prayer booklet for others who might want to pray for widows during the different seasons of the year, and they don't really know specifically how to pray. So we have that. We'll link it in the show notes. Do you have a prayer journal? Maybe that's how you pray. I have a prayer app. It's called the Prayer Mate. I love it. I don't know if I'll be able to link that in the show notes or not. I'm not trying to give a commercial for one thing over the other, but Prayer Mate has been a very simple tool where I can put in, when someone says, pray for me, you know, often they will, and you say, yes, I will, and then we forget. You can put it in the Prayer Mate, and then it'll bring up a reminder of people you have put into that app, and it'll remind you to pray for them. There are all types of prayers that we pray, and lament may be something that you're not familiar with, but if you are in a season of grief, it won't take you long to learn how to pray a prayer of lament. It's complaining to God, which is an act of worship, and not complaining about God. I've I've used that quote before. It's by Rick Warren. It's one of my favorites. There's praying um, prayers of thanksgiving that we should start our prayers with thanking God. And when my children were in the home, we kept a blessing box, just a simple box where we would put slips of paper of our prayers, and we would 
at the end of the year especially, we should have done it way more often than we did, but we would just talk about what we were thanking God for, what he had done that year. Prayers of repentance, this should be daily. It should actually be as soon as we sin, that we're confessing that sin to the Lord. And then I think one of the most natural things to pray is our request. We don't need much teaching on that. We don't have to be taught to pray for what we want, right? But he says, let your request be known to God. Bottom line, moms, just pray. When I closed the doors to my child care, which I did for five years, I kept little ones and I loved it, but the grace ran out and the Lord was calling me to start Perspective Ministries. And so one of the first things I did when I was in this new season and I had a new schedule and I had time, I called one of my mentors and I said, I'm going to come to your house. I want you to teach me how to pray. So I showed up with my notebook in hand. I'll talk about this when we bring on that mentor in our motherhood series. But I remember her saying to me, if you don't pray for your children, who will? And yes, moms, I've told you to enlist prayer warriors, and no doubt you have people praying for you. But ladies, this is an important question to consider. If you don't pray for your own children, who can pray for them in the way that a mother can pray for her child? It is essential that we pray with and for our children. Again, enlist prayer warriors. Get a prayer partner. Join a mom's prayer group. Or if you're a grandmother like I am, maybe I know a grandmother who meets with other grandmothers and she prays for her grandchildren. People talk about breath prayers, a one-word prayer request. Help! God does answer those prayers. Or, like we talked about the persistent widow, you may have a consistent request. I sure do. I've prayed the same prayer for years, and I just bring it up to the Lord, trusting that He'll answer it if it's His will, and I just give it to Him. Another way that I pray, what I include in my prayer, is I thank God for the blood of Jesus that does give us access to the Father. And it was modeled for me to pray the blood of Jesus over my family. There's so many different thoughts on this. Does it help when you're praying warfare? Does it add value to our prayers? Should we pray the blood of Jesus? Should we not? I don't know. I'll be honest, I've prayed it so much, it's hard for me to get away from that when I'm praying for my children. I just pray the blood of Jesus over each one by name. And another one of my mentors, when she was teaching on binding and loosing, which we'll talk about in a minute, but she said, if I get to heaven and I was praying this way and it wasn't really the right way, oh, well. But if it was doing something, I'm sure glad I did. And that's how I feel about praying the blood of Jesus. Again, it's not any religious or legalistic thing. I've just gotten into the habit of praying that. And then binding and loosing. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth 
shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. I don't pray this all the time, but there are times that I will bind up a spirit of depression, and I will loose joy over whoever I'm praying for, or bind up a spirit of poverty and loose abundance. So binding and loosing is bind up whatever you want bound, and then loose the opposite. Um, And again, those two things, praying the blood and binding and loosing, there's so many different views on that. But I know everyone is in agreement that You can't go wrong by praying scripture. Find a scripture verse. If your child is struggling in a certain area, find a verse that would be encouraging to pray and pray that for your child. You can definitely pray the promises of God. There's so many promises of God, hundreds, and there's specific promises of God for the widow and for the fatherless. I bet on a daily basis, and often more than once in the day, I pray and remind God that He promises to be a defender of the widow and a father to the fatherless. I thank Him for that promise, and then I pray. You say you're a defender. I need you to defend me today. I need defending against the lies of the enemy. I need for you to father my child. And those were of great comfort to me. And then after we pray in these different ways, and I'm sure if we were sitting in a room, I would love to hear your stories of who taught you to pray, how you pray, what are some things that you have learned. But I have learned in the last few years to sit and listen for God to speak. And again, there's nothing real special about that. I just sit for a few minutes. I have a little notebook that I keep, and if I hear him say something— I write it down. I find a lot of joy in going back through those notes. And sometimes when I'm really seeking him and trying to make a decision, I will look back to see what he's been saying to me. I will say he doesn't often speak in the few minutes that I've given to silence in the prayer corner of my room. Usually it's when I get up and now I'm getting ready for the day that I'll hear him speak. And that's a beautiful thing. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So listen to the voice of your shepherd. And then bless your children. I've talked about this a lot. Pray blessing over them. Speak blessing over your children. We'll do an episode on that at some point. And pray blessings over your children. And I want to close right now doing that for you. For all of my children, when they were seniors in high school, we were to submit a blessing, a letter of blessing for our kids. And I did not feel I could improve on the blessing that Paul spoke and wrote in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 15 to 21. And that's one I want to end with right now. Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all 
the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ladies, you are precious in God's sight, and you are deeply loved. No matter how you do it, just pray. God is there. He hears. He cares. He is at work, even when you don't feel that He is. Please take time to share this with others. I read a lot of Scripture. I quote a lot of Scripture because I really believe it does not turn back void. I could say a lot of things on these podcasts, but you're going to forget what I say, and it doesn't often even matter what I say. The Word of God is most important. Give us a rating, five stars, and it would mean so much if you would leave a review. That would be great encouragement to let me know that these podcasts are encouraging you in your journey of raising children without a dad. Come back next week. We're going to begin talking about motherhood. Mother's Day is around the corner, and I know that can be heavy. And so I'm just going to give you the gift of time with the moms who impacted my life. I can't wait to bring them on and to hear their stories and their encouragement of motherhood. Have a good day.